Right. So you play out a day, you figure out the lottery numbers, yeah. you go back a day, you buy those lottery numbers. Bingo, bango. That's the first thing I would do, guys. Yeah. Like, Why is nobody getting rich here? The first thing when you said, oh, there's got to be like a quick rich scheme, get rich scheme. I was like, oh, yeah, robbing something. And, but <laughs> that's what I went to. I don't know why. Why? I don't know. Sarah, you're the moral compass I of this know. podcast. How you? What were you going to rob? I don't know. Like a bank? You were going to rob a bank? Well, like I wasn't going to rob a bank, but I'm just saying like Who's that's, robbing? that's okay. how you get rich quick. <laughs> so if you had time <laughs> travel actually, and you though. wanted to no. get rich, how would you <laughs> do it? I would play the lotto. You would rob it. You just said rob a bank. No, that's where my mind first went. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here. You made it. You love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have, wait for it, about time. About time. I didn't know when you were going to do that. So like I was like looking at you, staring at you, waiting for you, and I didn't make it. I wanted to build some anticipation because this has been a much anticipated podcast episode. The amount of messages and emails we've gotten for about time. It's about time we finally did About Time, so we're doing it. If you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure you throw us a follow, hit the bell icon, Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, just, you know, if you can follow us, do that. And if you wanted to reach out, like so many of you already did, to suggest another movie, (laughs) now that we're doing About Time, you can hit us up on Instagram and TikTok, at Romcom Rewind, and you can email romcomrewind at gmail.com. A few days ago, we got a message from Rosario saying, hi, I love your podcast. I found you guys through TikTok. I'm obsessed in a good way. Laughing face emoji. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if The Fault in Our Stars qualifies as rom-com, but would love to hear you guys talk about it. Keep doing what you're doing. Wish you both the best. It absolutely is a rom-com, and it is on our watch list, but I will say it's also, like, I've heard, because I've actually never seen this one. Um, it's originally based on a book, yep, if I'm that's correct. Right, yeah. uh, it is. It does have some weep warnings in it. It's, it's a, It can be a, a, a touchingly sad movie. Yes, this one is also touchingly sad. There is it a is. weep warning disclaimer on the front of About Time. Big time. Did uh, Like, I cried way more than I thought I was going to cry. It was... About Time is a 2013 British science fantasy romantic comedy. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. The time travel makes it science fiction. It, it has the, I wonder if Time Traveler's Wife is also a science fiction romantic drama or I don't know. whatever. It's directed by Richard Curtis. You recognize that name. Four Weddings and a Funeral, Bridget Jones Diary, Love Actually. He's done a lot of great British rom-coms. He has. And I mean, we love British rom-coms, so. We do. <laughs> About Time is the story of Tim. It's Tim Lake, played by Donald Gleason. Tim lives a fairly ordinary life in Cornwall. He has a somewhat standard family. We're led to believe his father, James, played by Bill Nye. Uh, his mother, Mary, played by Lindsay Duncan. Uh, Tim has a younger sister, Kit Kat, played by Lydia Wilson. Everything seems to be pretty typical in Tim's life as he grows into young male adulthood. Until we learn something from Tim's father, we learn maybe Tim can travel through time. Not maybe he can. He can. Yep. (laughs) And this leads Tim on a wild journey where he utilizes that skill, sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully, to help him ultimately find love. 
in the likes of perhaps a Margot Robbie playing the character of Charlotte, or perhaps a, a Mary played by a Rachel McAdams. What are your thoughts on About Time? My name is Tim, and this is the year that would change my life forever. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! I just didn't know it yet. Tim, my dear son, this is going to sound strange, but there's this family secret that the men in the family can travel in time. This is such a weird joke. It's not a joke. If it's true, which it isn't. Although it is. But if it was, which it's not. Which it is. How would I actually... You go into a dark place, clench your fists, think of the moment you're going to, and you'll find yourself there. complicated year it's gonna be a complicated life so this one was tough for me probably the biggest weep warning of all time for for sarah for me um and we all know i'm not the one to get overly emotional Devin is definitely that person um the movie pulled on a lot of emotions for me and it was my first time watching it i really really enjoyed watching their love story but also the story of the father and son and for me having lost my dad um this year it was really tough but it was such a wonderfully loving movie and i have to say one of my new all-time faves so thank you to everyone who recommended this one And I have to say one of my new all-time faves. So thank you to everyone who recommended this one because it now has a very special place in my heart. Yeah, you said it best. This movie is special. Like it has so much heart. It has profound meaning. It also just doesn't focus on what what I think we expect a lot of. Like I've watched this movie movie before and even watching it back now, I I thought beforehand like, oh, it's going to be a great romantic comedy. It's so much more than that. It's more than Rachel McAdams and Donald. It's more than the time travel. It's it's even more than Tim and his dad and that relationship, although that's also like a big part of it. It's just kind of a movie, movie about life and about loving life. And it's so subtle that you don't realize that that's kind of the, the storyline they're pushing you towards. That's the direction you're going until you kind of arrive at the destination at the end of the movie. And you're like, oh, this is just, this is just a great movie about life. And it's kind of like a happy accident that we happened upon this storyline. Although it was clearly on purpose. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I effing cried the last 10, 15, <laughs> like straight. Just, could you actually hear me? Because I was no, downstairs finishing no, it. No, I couldn't. You couldn't. Okay, because when I walked upstairs, you offered me a tissue. So clearly. Well, because I knew you finished it and I knew that if I cried, that you would definitely be crying. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that. You're more emotional than I am. I knew by me bawling my eyes out, you would also be. Anytime Sarah shows emotion, we know that Devin is is just breaking, cracking. That is not true. (laughs) This is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's probably a top 10 for me. Wow. I would agree. But it's it's tough because like, you know, on a random Sunday night, I just don't want to leisurely watch The Notebook because I know I'm like, Whew, you got to prepare yourself for that. You know, P.S. I love you. Ooh, give me some time. This movie kind of falls in the same category of like, I think the story is so beautiful, but emotionally, I don't know if I can handle it all the time. Those types of movies you can only watch like for me anyway, every few years, because you know going into it, you will be sobbing. Every few years. Okay, well, like, maybe I'm, maybe more, maybe. I'm like a once-a-monther. <laughs> a once-a-monther. You're going to watch one of those three movies once a month? Like, I, I would watch a movie of the same emotional... I need a good cathartic cry sometimes, Sarah, okay? Month. Okay, maybe like once a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I just don't like being, it's just, it's so, it's like part of it is heartbreaking. And I don't know, I just don't want to sit there and cry. Let's dive right in. So we meet Tim. And we yeah. kind of get like a little run through of his family. Yeah. So the movie opens with him explaining his family, which I love. They are so eclectic and different. But at the same time, you can see how much love he has for his for for his entire family. Um, and it really kicked off the movie on a really good note. Yeah. We met his mom, Mary, his dad, James, who as soon as you see Bill Nye in this role, you're like, OK. There's mm, this guy. Right he here. was absolutely fabulous in this movie. Like I can't say, I can't say enough about it. Like, honestly, like I can't. I'm gonna talk about it later. But yes, I can't say enough about him. And then we meet his sister Kit Kat, his uncle who I can't even remember his name. He's such a bump on the log, which I think is is the point. He is like very eclectic. Like he is just such a character, but he doesn't have that many lines. Like his presence is so big in the scenes he's in, but he really doesn't do or say anything. And so then, yeah, we kind of go through like his daily life. He, he likes to play ping pong with his dad a lot. And then on his 21st birthday, his dad explains to him that the men in the family on that side, on the lake side, on the lake side can time travel. It's a very funny way that he breaks. Like, how would you... Yes. How would you present that information to Not somebody? Not like that. Because Bill Nye, just as like an actor, he's very, he's kind of aloof. He's, he's like off sh- the cuff. Yeah. He's very, he's kind of like, um, he's like British Jeff Goldblum. Or maybe Jeff Goldblum oh is American Bill Nye. They're both kind of just like, <laughs> I like that. That's off really center a little bit, if that makes sense, in their delivery. He's like, Tim, my dear son, uh, the, uh, the simple fact is the men in this family have always had the ability to. This is going to sound strange. Be prepared for strangeness. Get ready for spooky time. Uh, But there's this family secret. And the secret is that the men in the family can travel in time. I wouldn't have believed him. Like, no, I wouldn't have believed him either. And clearly his son doesn't. Like Tim's no. like Tim's like, okay, like good joke, Dad. Like, haha. And he's like, no, really, like you you can time travel. And like, and the way that they can time travel is even more funny. Like it is such a simple process. Go in somewhere dark, think of where you want to go, squeeze your fists <laughs> together and think about it and you'll be there. Just think about a place. It's very lion the the lion the witch in the ro- wardrobe. What oh my god, that? when he it's... opened that wardrobe and he walked in for the first time to try and do it and I was like, "Oh, we're going to Narnia." No, we're going to Narnia now. Oh. No, actually we're just going back to back to New Year's yeah. Eve. So so yeah, Tim is presented with this information from his dad. And he hops into the closet and he goes back to the night previous, which was the New Year's Eve party, the New Year's Eve party, where we do meet a few characters. We meet like, you know, we get to know his sister Kit Kat a little bit more. She's dating some guy. She meets the guy who she ends up dating for quite a few years at that New Year's Eve party. Don't love that guy. Correct. And um, the first time that the New Year's Eve party happens, Tim makes a mistake by not kissing the girl that's. An interesting human. She's having fun. She's doing her own thing. She beats to her own drum. And um, they don't kiss at, at midnight. So when he goes back and redoes it, he like basically gives her a big kiss at New Year's. And, you yeah. know, everyone's happy. There's also when he does it the first time, he bumps into this table. Everybody's upset with him. This time he notices the table. So I think there's a very quick understanding of like, okay, Tim can go back in time. And he can also change yes. the events of what happened. Without wrinkling the, the framework of time. And I like that. So Tim comes back to present day. 
And of course, he goes to his father and he's like, okay, like, what the F? And they have a quick little chat. And I like how they made this so simple. He's like, you can time travel. There's no butterfly effect is what they call it. You know, you, you, this is just how it works. Um, it's very simple. Which which is really, yes, it is really simple. And, and you're right. Like, they explain that there is no, there's no butterfly effect, that, that what you do in the past won't change the future. But at the same time, and again, like, I know that time travel isn't necessarily a real thing. Oh, oh are you a bit to school or something? Like, but actually. No, 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 no. But what I mean is, like, every other time travel type of movie, book, TV show, whatever, has always had a wrinkling effect. Yeah. So for this one to just kind of like, I don't know, is it is it like a type of cop out to just say, oh, this will get too complicated if he goes back too many times and like changes too many things. So we're just going to let the butterfly effect slide and like there won't be any wrinkle in time. A hundred percent. Like, let's not confuse the audience too much. You can go back in time, but like and you can do whatever you want and change whatever you want. Don't think too much about it is basically yeah. what we're telling the audience. Don't worry. It's fine. There's no multiverse that's happening right. here. And, you know, And that's kind of like, I was like, okay, like if, if they wanted like another level, I guess, of to the movie, but again, TV shows you can do that over the course of you know seasons whereas you have an hour and a half to two hours to make this happen when James Tim's dad is talking about time travel Mm -hmm. and kind of explaining it to him Tim goes well what what do you do with your time like what do you do with all this time that you you can go into and he says that he has read every book imaginable that multiple times multiple times because he he was a professor and so he has taken the time to basically attain knowledge what would you do with your time if you had the ability to time travel so presented with that question in this scenario um like i've got a different answer later on okay but right now i would say yeah like kind of a similar thing i would just want to learn something like become amazing at a musical instrument like piano or something like that i also think though is there not an easy scheme to get rich quick oh i'm sure there is especially if there's again no wrinkle in time right so you play out a day you figure out the lottery numbers yeah you go back a day you buy those lottery numbers bingo bang that's the first (laughs) thing i would do guys yeah like why is nobody getting rich here they kind of don't paint the picture that there's consequences to time travel right like they they gloss over the fact that because there's no wrinkle in time or butterfly effect there's no consequences to be had there we do figure out some throughout the movie there is something yeah but like for the most part yeah you could totally play the lotto yeah or like and win I'm sure there are many different versions of like you you could have made some money guys you didn't have to go live with your random dad's old friend <laughs> oh, in yeah, London when so you want to become a lawyer. The first thing when you said, "Oh, there's got to be like a quick rich scheme, get rich scheme." I was like, "Oh yeah, robbing something." And but <laughs> that's what I went to. I don't know why. Why? I don't know. Sarah, you're the moral compass I of this know. podcast. How you what were you going to rob? I don't know, like a bank. You were going to rob a bank? Well, like, I wasn't going to rob a bank, but I'm just saying, like, Who's that's, robbing? that's okay. how you get rich quick. <laughs> so if you had time <laughs> travel actually, and you though. wanted to no. get rich, how would you <laughs> do it? I would play the lotto. You would rob it. You just said rob a bank. No, that's where my mind first went. George Clooney and Ocean's Eleven, like... Well, I loved those movies. Those movies were really good. Yeah, you're going to rob a casino. Oh, well, don't worry, could, guys. You I could can go back in time. A, you could also I, I rob a casino. You could rob a casino. Yes. Like, just because you can go back in time doesn't mean you can't get shot in a bank. No, I agree. I just, I don't know why I thought that. But I agree that your (laughs) lotto situation is a lot better and um, more effective than robbing something. 
I don't know why. <laughs> That's what I thought of. What would you do if you had all the time? That's a really good question. I, I can I can I travel the world? Uh, I and like see everything in the country. You know, there's just not enough time for that. You know, on the regular. I guess you could travel somewhere, and then rent a car, go somewhere with that car, and then redo the day, and then go somewhere else with that car, and just constantly travel that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that a yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't you, have to pay for gas, and you wouldn't have to pay for the car over and over again because you well, just, just got to pay. Car. Yeah, you got to pay one yeah. day worth yeah. of gas. That's and a you get just, rich, get rich scheme. <laughs> You'd never have to pay for gas or a car. It's not really getting rich. No, it's just saving your money. Yeah, saving money. <laughs> it's a saving money scheme. <laughs> I don't know if you know the concept of getting I rich. Do, I do. I do. I <laughs> do. I do, I promise. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what? Gas prices are pretty high, Sarah. I get, it. I get it. They are. Gas <laughs> prices are insane. So Tim decides that what he's going to focus on with his newfound time traveling abilities is love. He wants to find love. Yes. Which is the only pursuit that he could possibly undertake. <laughs> Obviously. I love that. I, I might do the <laughs> same thing. It is really cute. Aside from getting rich quick, that's I would find love. Right, yes, robbing something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um so his sisters, so Tim's sister, Kit Kat, her boyfriend at the time, his cousin. So try 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 that. I can't believe you remember that. Yes. There's just a lady named Charlotte visiting the house <laughs> is kind of what I remember. Yes, comes to stay with them for two months over the summer holidays. When I say lady, she's like Kit Kat's age. And Charlotte's played by Margot Robbie. And she's beautiful and really Tim's first love. Yeah. From afar. Because they really, nothing ever really happens. And he's quite eager. And there's a scene where, you know, he's too eager, puts the sunscreen on her back and puts it all over her back. And so he he goes back into... Um, I don't know, a dark room, and redoes it so that he shows he's not as eager. And the whole entire summer, he is trying to get with her or get, or really just get her attention. And um, it's not until the last night that he says, you know what, I'm going to build up like the courage and I'm going to go talk to her and I'm going to say, like, I really like you, I, you know, whatever. And she says, oh, you should have tried it at the beginning of the summer because I probably would have said yes. So then, of course, what does he do? Goes and redoes the whole summer. Well, he time travels back yes. to, yeah. And then he asks her again, and she says, ooh, you know what? You should have asked me on the last night. Why don't you ask me on the last night? And this is the beginning of, one, Tim learning how to use his time travel power, but also you can't just create love with somebody you want to love you back, right? Charlotte, no matter how many times he played that out, maybe he was just never going to get her to Attention. like him. Yeah, yeah. She was never going to like him the way that he wanted her to. Yeah. So after the summer... He is off to London. Yes. To you know, to start his career. Um, he is a lawyer. And he is staying with his father's friend, who actually in turn ends up hating his father. See, it's really weird. He's a very curmudgeon y that's such a good word. Playwright, um, who was successful at one point, has fallen on tough times, but is now trying to reestablish himself as a writer. He's a very big pessimist, I find. He's not a happy very man. Very pessimistic. Uh, and so one of Tim's childhood best friends also moved to London with him. Well, not necessarily with him, but at the same time as him. And so they go out to a restaurant, um, a restaurant experience. Donna Noir, 
um, restaurant and it is a restaurant run by um, people who are blind and it is actually a speed dating thing kind of thing and not a speed dating but so the idea with the restaurant is that it's it's pitch black in there which these places actually exist there's a few of them throughout the world um I find it such a fascinating concept for a restaurant. It it's, is a very fascinating it's concept. It's pitch black. What's your insurance policy, guys? Like how many <laughs> a how lot. many Yeah, like you you got to I know that's like the weirdest thing to <laughs> pick is, out about this is. movie, but I'm like what if somebody trips and falls? Who's liable there? I mean, it's a pitch black restaurant, so Will they guide you? Yeah, but if I got to go to the washroom, what do I do? Hey, excuse me, can well, you no bring one can me see to the you. washroom? Well, like, I got an iPhone. Can I not just turn on my flashlight? Ooh, oh. that's probably a no-no. Yeah, probably definitely a no-no. Yeah, like, how would you get up from your table? They'd have to guide you back out or guide you to the washroom. So Tim and his good friends mm -hmm. go on a little blind dating experience at this, um, like, pitch black restaurant. And he ends up meeting a woman named Mary. We can't see Mary. We can just hear their conversation. It's actually really adorable. And I like the way they, audio-wise, they made this happen because, yes. like, you can hear the other conversation with his friend and <laughs> uh, Mary's friend, and then you can, much more closely, you can hear exactly what's going on with Tim and Mary, and they're really connecting. So after the date's over, Tim walks outside, the friend walks outside, Mary's friend walks outside, those two leave, like Tim's friend and Mary's friend, and then Mary comes outside, and we meet... Rachel McAdams. In all her beautiful glory. She's so charming and so endearing, and oh, we love her so much. And this was almost my best scene, just because of the line that Tim says. Because he says, hey, can I get your number? I thought this phone was old and shit, but suddenly it's my most valuable possession. <laughs> you really like me? Even my frock? I love your frock. And um, my hair? It's not too brown. I love brown. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it is my best scene. Oh, that, oh my God. Yes. No, no, no. That's okay. You always explain them so much better than I do. So <laughs> this is good. Um, well, and I also didn't want to interrupt you because you were like, you were on a roll. Yeah. Um, no, and it's not necessarily that line that got me. It was just the way they, they did it. Like you said, just the audio of everything and how I loved this meet cute. This meet cute for me was um, just like really intimate uh without like it was not based on looks it was like oh. the love is blind before love is blind oh you know oh my god ah. do not compare this to <laughs> no love no is blind. i wouldn't i wouldn't um <laughs> and i'm not but uh we love love is blind by the way like oh <laughs> can't get enough it's of it such garbage tv but <laughs> we love it um but no it was just really really well done i loved the way that, that it filmed it because it wasn't based on it was based solely on the dialogue. No body language. They had no idea who they were. And yet they clicked so, so well. And I think that's part of what Tim was having an issue of. You know, he wasn't overly confident. He was very eager with women. And so it was kind of a turnoff, I think. And he would always never make it a step further with, the, with women. And so this way, he actually... It wasn't about looks. It wasn't about him being like overly charming. It was just them talking. And I loved that. And it was so, I, th there are a lot of things about this movie that are really elegantly done. Mm -hmm. We're going to get to a scene in a few minutes, which I think is the most elegant thing oh. I've ever seen in a rom-com. But yeah, this, this meet cute was just very, it was very genuine. It was very, but we quickly discover a flaw in the time travel 
system in the framework of how it works. Because Tim gets home, his playwright um, landlord revealed, hey, like my play actually opened tonight, and one of the actors forgot his lines to the effect that nobody's going to care about how brilliant my play was. They're just going to remember this idiot for getting his lines. So Tim decides, you know what, I, I ditched on the play to go meet, you know, go on this blind date. I'm going to just go back in time, and I'm going to go to the play, and I'm going to make sure all of the actor, that actor knows his lines for sure. And that was actually a nice little comedic mm-hmm. thing where he like goes into the, the one actor's room and he's like, hey, have you brushed up on your lines? And the actor just like loses his shit. He's like, who the fuck are you telling me to <laughs> like rehearse my lines? Tim realized that he actually talked to the wrong guy. So yeah. he goes back in time again to talk or to, to make cue cards of the lines for the correct actor. Which like, is this an ode to Love Actually? Maybe a little bit. Same director. Yes. Hey. But... After it's all said and done, the play goes amazingly well. Tim opens up his phone and, like an idiot, is expecting to see Mary's number in there. It's not going to be there because you replayed this night. So now the version of this night is the one where you went and made sure the actor knew his lines. So you never met Mary. Yeah. That, hap- that never happened. You never happened. went to the restaurant to meet her. And in my mind, like, am I an asshole? I- I'm like, well screw the landlord, I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to re-meet Mary. I'm going to play it all out exactly how it happened the first time. I don't know why he doesn't. Yeah, I know. He's just too good of a guy. And I literally had, like, does he not know how time travel works? Like, obviously, (laughs) they didn't meet. Like, hello. Yeah, he's learning. This is a consequence of time travel. He is learning, Sarah. Sure. (laughs) We'll go with that. But you're right. I I thought it was kind of stupid, too. So he lets it go on, and the next morning, I, I called him his roomie, but like I guess his landlord roomie, um, is reading the newspaper, and Tim sees that there's an exhibit of Kate Moss, and something that Mary had mentioned at the restaurant, because luckily Tim remembers everything of the conversation that he had with Mary, and he remembers Mary stating that she loves Kate Moss and everything about her. So he decides, I'm going to go to this exhibit, and she is bound to come at some point. So he goes to the Kate Moss exhibit, spends hours... His sister Kit Kat goes there as well. Um, She's also living in London. And she finally, Mary finally comes to the exhibit and he freaks out. He goes to talk to her and he taps her on the shoulder and he's like, oh, it's so nice to see you. And she's like, uh, who the f*** you? We've literally never met. Come on, Tim. Get this through your head. Like, hello, Tom. Did you call him Tom? (laughs) (laughs) We're so angry. I I am. I am actually. Like, like, hello, Tim. (laughs) Um, do you not know how time travel works? Yeah. He's he's still figuring it out. Yeah. And then honestly, though, this scene, he was really creepy. It was a little uncomfortable because Tim, Tim knows that Mary is the one he, that's the one he needs to end up with. That is his person. He just approached her in an extremely uncomfortable way. Hey, Mary, how did you know my name? Ah." My mom has the same name, and you look like a Mary. Like that was no. So he's he's spinning his wheels, but he's trying to figure it out. (laughs) He's so awkward, and he does end up convincing Mary and her friend to let him hang out with them. Yes, and go to coffee. They go to coffee, and it turns out that Mary has a boyfriend. And Tim's very confused. He's like, "Hold the f up! Like, (laughs) when did you meet this guy?" Well. At some point between when they would have met at that bar and when they're meeting now, in that time frame, she went to a party and she met a guy. 
So Tim is like, okay, tell me exactly where, exactly when, what time. They tell Tim all the information, which is all he needs because then he goes back in time to that day. He shows up uninvited to that party and he meets Mary. Yes. Again, which like we need Liam Neeson here because he is going to go and like these girls are going to get captured and (laughs) like we need to go and find them after. This is how creepy Tim is being. I will find you. <laughs> that's a good that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, Tim it's funny because Tim is learning, Sarah. The first meet cute was genuine, it was authentic, mm-hmm. it went off without a hitch, it was great. The second one he realized, oh shit, I need to figure out time travel a little bit. So this third meet cute, he walks up to Mary, he doesn't just blurt out her name like a moron. Instead, he starts regaling her about information about Kate Moss. Which, which in itself is like really weird. It's a little too on the button. Too like much. You're, like... you're going too specific, Tim. Oh, he's so creepy. But it worked. He convinces her to get out of the party. This party sucks. They end up leaving right as the girl, the guy she would have started dating yeah. enters the party. Um, and they end up having a nice little night out together. What do you do? Um... I'm a reader at a publisher. No, you read for a living. Yes, that's it. I read. Oh, that's so great. Uh, it's like someone asking, what do you do for a living? I, well, I breathe. I'm a breather. I get, I get paid for breathing. How did you get that job? Okay, smartass. And there was, there was so much chemistry between them. Which so much. Kind of, I, I think that saves the creepiness because it once does, they're together again, you're like, okay, this... This just works. I don't know what it is about them, but like Rachel McAdams, Donald Gleason, they they work. Oh yes, like he's not actually that creepy, but it was just like kind of like uncomfortable. I was like, oh gosh. Um, but she asks him to walk her to her car, which is actually to her apartment. Yeah, which is very far. The the writing in this movie, it's very British. It's very like quick wit. But yeah, they get to her car and she and he's like oh okay this is your car but like and she's like and that's my apartment and he's like oh we walk to your apartment and the car's parked outside the apartment that all follows and then they share a kiss they do this is oh. i think i challenge you give me a more elegant kiss in a romantic comedy you'll you'll not find one. Oh, i think so okay Let's hear it then. The boat scene in the notebook with Rachel McAdams. Is she just really dynamite at giving at these kisses? <sighs> you know? Because that scene. That one is like. Epic. Epic. You're it's, right. It's right after seeing the birds. How about how about a more elegant first kiss? Because that wasn't their first kiss. True. Okay. I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. So I'll give it to you. Go. I'll take that win then. Okay. You're welcome. I just the way it was shot, it was wide frame, like we could see everything in the background, and they were really small on the screen, and there was piano music. I just wow. You're a sucker for a good piano. I am a good. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good piano. I'm a sucker for a good first kiss. And <laughs> yeah, man, that was oh, it was beautiful. So you weren't a sucker for our first kiss. Do you really want me to talk about the <laughs> train wreck of our first kiss? You don't have. No, you brought it up. Now I got it. <laughs> have we talked about this before? I think we have. Okay. So skip ahead like a minute if you've already heard this story on the pod. It's our second date. <laughs> we were on like a walk oh, uh, across the boardwalk kind of thing. And we get to a point where Sarah and I were looking out <laughs> over the lake. Oh, it's really, it's kind of magical. And Actually, it was this month. 
yeah, it was in April, and mm-hmm. I decide, okay, like I'm, I'm gonna make the move, and I turn towards Sarah. We make eye contact the whole time. I'm picking up vibes. I'm getting the signals. <laughs> you, you were picking up good vibes. Like this was correct. I'm not yes. lying. No. I, I wasn't making that up. I was getting, <laughs> I was getting go, go signals. So I oh, go for the kiss, God. and she like. It was like half karate chop, half like I just like waved my arm up. I don't know why. It was a me it was like a master Miyagi wax on, wax off kind of wave. Like it was there was some firmness there. And I have nothing to like Yeah, what well, so what was your thought process like, there? Nothing. You just panicked. And I tried to punch me in the face a little bit. I think part of it was that I didn't know if you'd be a big, a good kisser, a big kisser, a good kisser. And there were like people walking by. So like I didn't want our like first date to like be in front of like people who would be like, oh, that, like that's a bad kiss. I don't know why. Why were you thinking about the people walking by? <laughs> I wasn't thinking why? about the people walking by. Also, like, why is that your reaction to a first kiss? Like, oh, it might be bad. Maybe, maybe I should open palm punch in the, in the face. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it was really good. So. When we did, it was good later on. Yeah, because yeah. that to give was a abrupt end to that attempt at a kiss. So Mary invites Tim up, which like I think was the whole plan the whole time. Which like it's so funny because you see this like awkward stage because you see all the meet cutes right as the audience, but this is Mary's first time. She has a lovely time with Tim, and she She's invites him up. Yes, she is totally swept off her feet, and they have sex, which. <laughs> Is really funny because he keeps redoing it. So, like, the first time, it's, like, you know, two people who have never had sex before. And it's kind of, like, you're, like, trying to figure it out with each other. And She also throws him for a loop with the the bra that opens and closes in the front. Yeah. That will get a guy 100% of the time. It what, 100% like, will. What's the scale here? Like, how how much of a deduction in attractiveness does a guy take? From not being able to successfully take off a bra. You know what I will say? Okay, so the front clasp, I don't deduct any points because it is what it is. Okay, fair. But the back... fair and just Sarah will not deduct points for that. (laughs) Correct. However, like if you are trying like 10 times and you can't figure out how to undo the bra and I put my hand back there and I unclip it like within two seconds, it's like, dude, like... So if a guy's a seven, how much are we deducting here? Is he dropped... Two points. Two, oh, he's now a five. No, I don't know. I, I th- don't know. No, no, no. I, I think know. that's fair. Yeah. I think if you're having a bad time with a bra, that like you, you just because there's a lot of uh, momentum in those moments. You know, we're in the bedroom. You know, I'm taking <laughs> off my pants. You took off your shirt. We're at the bra stage. Things are moving quickly, guys. Like we got to get that off. Lickety split. Anyway, you that's lose the that long, momentum. Yeah, the I think, long answer. I think two points is fair, Sarah. But you're right. He the first time around, they have uh, a not great time. And then he redoes it. He does. Knowing that she has a front clasping bra, <laughs> yeah. knowing all which, the moves. Like, which is really funny because she's like, oh, you know about the front clasping bra. That necessarily wouldn't impress me. <laughs> Would you be like... Why do you know about front clasping bra? too good at yeah, this. Like, like, I'd be like, yeah, why did you know that it was a front clasping bra? Like, no guy would be like, oh, that is a front clasping bra. Let me know where to like undo it. He redoes the night again, and the sex gets even progressively yes, better. Yes. And then one more time. Yeah. So it. now, now we're 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 in love, Mary and Tim. The meet cute finally worked out. He found the love of his life. Yeah, and actually, this was like really close to being my other best scene because of the way it was filmed. So yeah. they they have they date. They're having the best time. I love how they did this through the tube. 
like the the metro system. Oh, they do like a montage. They of, do, and yeah. of them, basically of of them, and their relationship and how they live life through London, and it's through only one like one picture, one setting, yeah, one setting. But you see them going to dances and galas and, and Halloween parties, Halloween parties and, and date, and it's just it tell it told such a story in in such a simple way that again. It was so powerful. Like, I loved it. I loved the way that was filmed. Every rom-com needs a montage. Most of the time, I hate them because they're dress-up montages. (laughs) This one, great. That was awesome. We told a quick story of how this love is blossoming Mm -hmm. in, like, 20 seconds flat. Yes, exactly. And it actually, I believe it encompasses about three years of them dating. Well, yeah, because the next time we really get into the nuts and bolts of the story is that they are living together in Mary's flats. And she is kind of surprising Tim of like, oh, hey, by the way, um, my parents are downstairs. <laughs> we're about to meet my parents. And Tim yeah. is like, oh, my God, why? Okay, we're meeting them. Do, do, do they know I exist? Uh, yeah, I've mentioned something like you, but nothing very specific. Um, oh, yeah, if they're quite conservative, so maybe not those pants. Um, just, you just um, stole them. Stole them. Come on up. What? This is going to be a mess. <laughs> Which, like, I I appreciate that that was his first question. Not, like, freaking out about it. Not, like, okay, like, how do I have to act or whatever. It's, what do they know? I loved that because it got right to the point And she was able to say, like, literally nothing. Like, they've heard your name, but nothing about the, the fact that we're living together. And it was just, the scene was good. It, I it found so it could have been, like, even more... But I don't know if it would have taken away from anything else. What do you mean even no, no, no. More? It was. I think they it was opened funny. the door and he's like, "Hi guys, I have sex with your daughter," oh, yeah, or something really like that. Funny. It was like yes, very yes. bizarre how it started. What is your best or worst meeting the parents moments? Do you have one? Oh God, yeah, I do. Okay, so I was dating this guy, but we weren't like. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't think we were like official yet. <laughs> anyway, and we'd hung out like we were hanging out and at his house. And no one was home. Oh, yeah. And so we were hooking up. And, um, like, um, in the living room. Oh, and Sarah. His mom walked in. No. The front door. What? And I, like, dropped down behind the couch. (laughs) And it was really awkward. What? I'm, like, reliving the awkwardness right now in my life, and it is really awkward. Um, yeah. What level of clothed were either of you? Like, oh, the guy was like relatively clothed. Was he relatively clothed? Relatively. Like, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> relatively like, is so. Vague. I know it is. So I don't want to. I don't want to go into too much Ooh, detail. Okay, okay. But yeah, like, uh, you know, I'll just throw out the word relative. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was really awkward. Did though. she see? Was she asking like, questions? I think like luckily the couch was like not facing the door. Like it was. So like I like just dropped down behind like the back of the couch. So no, like she couldn't. Were you like she Spider-Man? probably Did saw? You flip she over probably the back of the couch? no 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 like so so the couch the couch wasn't facing the door. It right. was like facing the window. So she came in and she could only see the back of the couch. She definitely heard me like move down to the oh. ground. Like I dropped off the couch and like hid. I think she went right to her bedroom and then gave me time to. Yeah. It was so awkward. That's a major yikes. So So Tim goes to a play with one of his work friends, Rory, 
And um, Charlotte is there. So notorious Margot Robbie from earlier in the movie. And um, the first love. The first love. Yes. The one who broke his heart, really. And he actually plays it out twice. So he he's like, oh, my God, maybe I should go up and talk to her twice. It just doesn't work out. So then the third time around, his friend says, hey, oh, my God, you know her? And Tim <laughs> says, mm, better to just let that let's, go. Let's walk away. Yeah. But they coincidentally do run into each other later. I know he doesn't affect the wrinkle of time, but is there an, a fate aspect? Like, he would he have met her regardless of how things played out? Yeah. Maybe he was supposed to meet her. Yeah. Just, like, for some closure, perhaps. So they do meet, and she is maybe a little bit interested in him now. Like, oh my god, you're a little bit grown up, you're a little bit more confident. Um, they end up, like Charlotte and Tim, she asks if he wants to go out for dinner. She then invites him up to her flat later yes. on. She does it innocently by saying, oh, could you walk me home? And of course, him being the gentleman that he is, he says, yes, sure. Which I'm like, oh, red flag. <laughs> And then the entire time, he hasn't mentioned he has a girlfriend. That's the one piece. Like, hey, how's London? Blah, blah, blah. How's your life? Like, not a girlfriend came up. Right. I'm living with her. Anyway. <laughs> Sarah's pissed. Well, nothing happens. So that's like the redeeming thing. He realizes in that moment, I don't need Charlotte. I'm not in love with her anymore. I am in love with the woman who I live with. And he immediately goes back to see her. And he proposes. He does, which like. <laughs> he redoes it one time because he, he comes home and he wakes her up and she's like, why the F are you waking me up? He goes back, <laughs> redoes it like, hey, you know, I was hoping I could ask you a question. And so she's fast asleep and he, Tim proposes to her. Does the most awkward rom-com award go to Tim? Because the first time he does anything, it is like literally ends up in shambles but then he redoes it and it's just so much better the second time but imagine he didn't have like what this movie would have been without him have getting the chance to redo everything <laughs> he would have been lonely he, and single uh i've got faith in my guy tim but oh i get God. i get where you're coming from yes he he was fortunate to be able to re replay things a little bit. I find it funny too because this was your worst nightmare. Oh Mary, my God. Yes. Mary agrees to marry him, and she does make the joke like, "Oh, you know, this is a really sweet way of doing it. Like, thank God you didn't like, you know, do something outlandish like have like a band come in or something." <laughs> Tim walks out the door of their of her bedroom, and there is a band there, and he's like, you guys "Oh my God!" Here. Is that your worst nightmare? Because, Sarah, you hate when people play music to you. <laughs> I do. Imagine you're being proposed to. No, like, I, um, my, fo my full focus would probably go on how awkward I would feel with this band playing to me. So it would be, it would be really awkward. Like, this is a high level of awkwardness for me, is a band playing directly to me or, like, or, like, it's it's actually like for me it's the less people playing to me directly is worse. Like it, oh so if it's only one guy 
like if it's one guy or, or like a few people playing at me, that's worse than like a bigger band. I no, you know what? No, I shouldn't. I, was I, say... I can't even say that because <laughs> I'm thinking more about it. And I'm like, oh my god, imagine a whole band. Like, oh god, like this a, is awful. Like a ten things I hate about you. Like, yeah, like when the marching band is all playing. Yeah, that's a high level of awkwardness for me because then everyone's eyes are looking at you and they're all watching for your reaction on what you think about it and what if you absolutely hate it okay so so that one is in public there's a lot of people is that better or worse than this it's a proposal it's one of the biggest days of your life you just woke up it's happening in your bedroom and it's like a four-piece jazz band i'd be really thrown off the fact that i'm being woken up and proposed to and and a band (laughs) like I'm like sitting here contemplating all of this and I'm like the look on my face probably right now is like oh god like this is awful like I feel like a baby dinosaur when I'm waking up in the morning. Oh you look like a baby dinosaur And like I don't need anybody else playing at me. I probably wouldn't even know what song they're playing to me. You know what though I will say what kind of like again was slightly awkward was the fact that what made him realize that he to propose to her was seeing Charlotte again, Charlotte again, and going for dinner. And don't d- hey, don't you dare try to tear down this masterpiece of a movie. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm just asking questions, okay, okay. asking asking probing questions. You That's watch all. yourself. So in this next scene, Tim brings Mary home to meet his family. So that night at dinner, Tim announces that they are getting married and that it will be very very soon because Mary is also pregnant. Boom boom. Here we go. Very quick. But again, it doesn't this this movie doesn't really show the amount of time for things, like how long they've been engaged for, how long like so it's a little bit hard to tell. Um, but yes, they're getting married and then she's also pregnant. So we jump to the wedding day, which one thing I think is really special about their wedding day is that it was clearly a dreadful day. It was raining. Um, one of their tents tore and everybody got oh soaked. My God, and- yeah. It was windy. It seemed like just a, a dreadful day. But Tim never redid that day. I know. I love that. I found that kind of fascinating. So it was like no matter, like that was still probably one of the best days of his life. So he didn't feel the need to, like, this is so special. I don't want to redo it. Yeah. And I think they captured the joy in the the scenes, like in every moment that, um, throughout that day you know like she walks in with this biggest like the biggest smile and wearing a red dress not a white dress and flowers all around in her hair and it's just like the dancing and it it was just so there was so much joy in those scenes that it was really really nice and and even though they were soaking wet they had so much fun although i i did say they don't redo that day they don't choose a different day but he does at different times choose different best, best men. men yes because he's presented with <laughs> what's the name of his good friend jay jay and then rory and then his dad so he goes through rory doing the best man speech jay doing the best man speech both horrible in their own ways but then also his dad giving the best man speech and of course bill nye once again like so eloquently spoken it was a great best man speech well, and then he redoes it. I wish I'd said I love you. You did, Dad. It was implied. 
I'm not sure implied is good enough for a wedding day. So then James goes back and redoes his own speech. And it is even more eloquent the second time around. I've only loved three men in my life. My dad was a frosty bugger, so that only leaves dear Uncle Desmond, um, B.B. King, obviously, and this young man here. I'm not particularly proud of many things in my life, but I am very proud to be the father of my son. And now Mary and Tim are married. Yes. With and, a baby on the way. And yes, and it actually fast forwards to her being born, Posey. Posey, we have a baby. They have a girl, Posey. And then it goes to her, her birthday. She's one. And Kit Kat is there. And she doesn't quite get there, though, because her boyfriend at the time, Jimmy, shows up, knocks at the door. And Tim goes, where's Kit Kat? And he goes, she should be here. Where is she? That's not good. So she had gotten to an accident, car accident, and Tim and Mary and the family rush to the hospital. Tim is determined, like, we're going to fix whatever's going on with you. So he does reveal to Kit Kat, hey, I can go back in time. They together go back to that New Year's Eve party way, way back when, like, right before his 21st birthday, which is where she met her longtime boyfriend. Um, she chooses to punch that guy, and she actually chooses to start dating Jay instead, the the redheaded best friend of Tim. So then, as we continue on, we learn that, you know, that alters Kit Kat's life. You know, she ends up having a more, like, uh, fulfilling relationship, I guess. But when he gets back to present day, he has a son and not a daughter. And he asks his dad, like, what's the deal with that? And he reveals, well, you know, you can change things up to a certain point. Because if you change what happened in the past, you know, all the other things happen the same way. But maybe a different sperm cell ended up wherever and now you've got a boy instead of a girl. So, essentially, anytime you have a child, that's a time stamp that you can't go back in time before before that child was born. So Tim goes back in time and he doesn't save Kit Kat. So she does get into that accident. Um, And she's still, you know, alive. She's still okay. She's in the hospital. But yeah, it's kind of a weird uh, way things need to be, I guess. Like if he wants to keep his life going the way it was, he can't save Kit Kat. Yeah. No, it's very, yes. Bang on. (laughs) This movie starts to get deep around this it time. It does, it does. It gets really, not uh, kind of heavy, I guess. Before all the deepness, Mary is going to an event. And so she, this is this is the dress-up montage of the film. No oh, God. They get a phone call that very night. Mary doesn't end up actually going to the event. Um, and his, um, we find out that Tim's father, James, has cancer. Yeah, so they go back to Cornwall, back to the the family house, and, you know, Tim talks to his mom, Mary, and to his uncle, and, you know, everybody's really distraught. And then he talks to his dad, and they, obviously, they have a very special relationship. You know, they have a a talk about how this was always going to happen, you know, even though we have this ability, you know, it's going to happen. James lets Tim in on his secret. 
Yes. This is my best scene, actually. Okay, I will, I will let you. I will let you do it. So, yeah, at this point, James sits Tim down and says, okay, like, here's... Actually, you know what? I did find something fascinating. Okay. Um, because clearly James has replayed things over and over. He has, definitely, yes. So, you know, Tim says, how long do we have together? And James says, well, they say around this time to this time. And Tim's like, but really? And he's like, mm, two weeks. Yes, and Tim does ask him, though, how many times have we had this conversation? Oh, I forgot that. Yes. What does he say? He says he says enough. Like, he says quite a few times. Um, because you have to, like, it, their conversations are always amazing to watch. And I, I think if I were to watch this movie again, I think I would watch their conversations a little bit closer. Because he also can travel back in time, right? So he can redo things that Tim would have no recollection of either. Right. So it was an amazing dynamic to watch because... Tim clues in. He's like, oh, I bet my dad's replayed this. Like, how long have you been sick? And how long, how many times have we had this conversation? Like, how many times have you told me that you have cancer? Yeah. But now you're really telling me because something's changed. Like, yeah. you know, like how many times over the years have you told me that you've been sick and then just erased it yeah. because you weren't ready? And this comes down to my best scene, which is James sitting Tim down and saying, okay, there's there's one more secret that you need to know. Do you want to learn this on your own or do you want me to just tell you? And Tim's like, let's just, let's hear it. The way he's figured out to best use their ability to travel in time is to live every single day of your life twice. Live once with all the anxiety and all the fear and uncertainty that comes with a day. And then... He told me to live every day again, almost exactly the same. The first time with all the tensions and worries that stop us noticing how sweet the world can be. But the second time, noticing. I don't, what, what do you think about that? Because I think this, this premise is different than the first question you asked. Because the first question is like, what if you had, what, what would you do with unlimited time? But this is more like, how do you live your life? I think there's certain with days. This ability. Yeah, like I think there's certain days that I I think would be fun to relive. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to relive them all. Like I I don't think I would want to tell myself you need to relive every single day over again. Yeah. Like later on, we find what Tim finds to be his secret. I think Tim even got further than yes. his father's thought press process on their time travel. I agree with you. I'm never redoing an effing Monday or a Tuesday. <laughs> Why? Like, no, I don't want to do that. Saturdays though, relive every Saturday multiple times. Give me like four or five Saturdays in a row. I'm, I'm rolling back into work on Monday. I'm refreshed. I just had five Saturdays this <laughs> weekend, you know? Um, but yeah, I thought, and especially the way we see it through Tim's eyes that he's practicing what James told us and that, you know, we see him play out a day and then we see him replay out the day. Mm -hmm. And it is kind of, I don't know, I just love the way that's shot. It's very, this is such an elegant movie. It is very, very well done. So um, we come to the day of James' funeral. He's unfortunately passed away. And the thing that's still kind of fascinating is that Tim can still travel back in time to talk to his dad. So it's, it's, it's actually kind of odd you know, Tim goes to the house and the funeral's happening, whatever. And then he quickly, he's like, you know what? I just need a second. He nips out and he clearly goes into a closet and then he goes into another room and clearly he's traveled back in time and his dad's there and they kind of have a little conversation of like, ooh, today's the day. Like, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, which I don't know if it gives a little bit of levity to the whole thing because 
Bill Nye as an actor is very um is very lighthearted. He's very like easygoing and it does kind of cut the tension a little bit. But then yeah, that happens and then they kind of continue on. At this point, they have two kids though. Mary and Tim have two kids. Um and they they leave. They they go back. And then eventually they get to the conversation of having a third kid. Mary really wants to have a third kid. She actually makes a joke that it's the insurance baby because she's like, <laughs> what if one of them is too smart? Parents don't actually think like that, do they? I don't, I know. don't know. I think Sarah realized this before I did, but that would mean, so if they have another kid, that would mean that once that child is born, Tim can never go back in time to the point where his dad, like he, he can never go see his dad again. And I found this kind of fascinating because, you know, he agrees, okay, let's have another kid. They do get pregnant. And then he goes back in time and they play table tennis. And his dad kind of remarks like, hey, like I won finally. And Tim reveals, this is the last time I'm going to come back. Whew. This whole process is just one big <laughs> week warning. Honestly, the last 15 minutes of this movie is is so sad. Um, and also like kind of beautiful too, because the, the one thing about this movie and Sarah kind of touched on it that like, we don't know how many times Tim has been going back. So theoretically, like he could have gone back every single day and had been playing table tennis with his dad. Like they might've been doing this hundreds of times, but now that he's having a kid, like, ah, I get you. This is it then. This is it. It's my last bit of extra time. The baby is completely on the way. Uh, James actually has the suggestion. He says, listen, this is against the rules, but if we do it the right way, nothing changes, and we can just go there and then come back, and it's all fine. So they go back in time to when Tim is, I don't know, five, eight years old, something like that, and James is a young father, and they're running along on the beach. And they're throwing rocks into the ocean, and it's it's just such a beautiful way to kind of to bring that to a close and mark the relationship that Tim and his dad had. Woo! And then we get back to present time, and Tim, they've had their baby, so now you know he can't go back. Um, and the ending of this movie is really beautiful because Tim talks about how. You know, he's kind of evolved from his dad James's thought process of replaying every single day. He's like, you know... The truth is, I now don't travel back at all, not even for the day. I just try to live every day as if I've deliberately come back to this one day. To enjoy it as if it was the full, final day of my extraordinary, ordinary life. And we show Tim dropping his daughter off for I think the first day of school and she you know was waving to him and this movie especially the way it ended yeah it's a romantic comedy but like I said off the top it's so much more about just like life which which makes it like really special and now we're on to quick facts Zoe Deschanel was originally cast as Mary but dropped out due to scheduling conflicts and Rachel McAdams was cast I I actually love Zoe Deschanel as Mary. I can see her doing this this movie. Absolutely. I mean, I love Rachel McAdams, so I mean, I'm I'm going to pick Rachel, but I can see Zoe doing it as well. 
was New Girl starting around then? Because I, I wouldn't want her to not do New Girl because of this. So maybe no. Oh, maybe. Yeah, probably. This movie has three of the Harry Potter series co-stars, Richard Griffith, Bill Nye, and Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason was he one of the Weasleys? He was one oh of the Weasleys. Oh my god. Yes, yeah. Yeah. He was Bill Weasley. Okay, Bill Nye, I can't remember who he was. He plays the Minister of Magic in the Deathly Hallows part 1. Oh. Yes. And Richard Griffith plays um we know who he plays. He plays um Harry Potter's uncle. Uncle Vernon. Oh. When wedding planning, Mary goes, that's a lock for Hagrid, in reference to the Harry Potter character. Kim Tae-young from music group BTS has said the proposal scene inspired the song Winter Bear. Oh, fascinating. Despite the movie being set in England, none of the three actors who play the main love interests are actually English. Donald Gleason is Irish, Rachel McAdams is Canadian, and Margot Robbie is Australian. The movie cast includes four Oscar nominees, Rachel McAdams, Margot Robbie, Vanessa Kirby, and Richard E. Grant. Margot Robbie and Donald Gleason have worked together on three movies, About Time in 2013, Goodbye Christopher Robin in 2017, and Peter Rabbit in 2018. This is Richard Griffith's last movie. The movie was shipped to theaters under the codename Cupboard. Cupboard. Yeah. That's strange. When Tim's dad tells him about his ability to time travel, he says that it is only within his own lifetime to places where he has already been and that he cannot travel into the future. By traveling back in time, Tim is able to return back to the point that he originally set out from and that is not the future for him as he's already been there. Donald Gleason's mom is actually named Mary, just like in the movie. <laughs> when Tim mentions that it's a long walk to Mary's car, he's not kidding. The distance is about six miles across central London. Near the end of the movie, Rory, Tim's friend, is reading the book Trash, which is Curtis's, the director's, next movie. <laughs> Tim describes his mother more like a Bernard than a Mary. The director always tries to include a Bernard character in his movies. The inspiration comes from Bernard Jenkins, the Tory MP for North Essex and former Shadow Defense Secretary. Mr. Jenkins' wife is a former girlfriend of Richard Curtis. The book Tim's dad reads out to him near the end of the movie is Great Expectations by Charles Dickens, Chapter 4. The U.S. release of this movie was on the same day as Richard Curtis's birthday, November 8th. The boy playing young Tim at the end of the movie is the director, Richard Curtis's son. The scenes on the underground were filmed at Maida Vale Station on the Bakerloo line. This is one of four movies in which Rachel McAdams stars as the love interest of a time traveler. Time traveler's wife? Yes. Okay, that's all I got. Okay, Midnight in Paris in 2011. Oh, yes! Yeah. As well as she was the love interest in the Doctor Strange movie in 2016. Uh, yeah, I guess he time travels. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The multiverse. Tim first meets Mary while they are dining at a restaurant where the waiters are blind and the diners eat completely in the dark without knowing what it is they are being served. Like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, there is a restaurant in London called Dona Noir. When Tim revisits his father on the day of his funeral, his father mentions that he wanted a Nick Cave song playing at his funeral, and the song playing in the background of the movie is a song by Nick Cave called Into My Arms. 
The movie takes place in the span of around eight years. Tim and Mary's marriage is around three years after the movie starts, and Posey is seen entering the reception at the end of the movie in which she would be around five years old. The framed illustration seen in Mary's apartment of a little girl reading is Matilda by Quentin Blake. Matilda is a popular Roald Dawn character known for being magic and reading a lot of books. Honorable mentions. My honorable mention is not like a specific person or a character or anything. It's just all of the relationships. What I love most about this movie is that Tim has such a, dare I say it, healthy relationship with Mary. I know, I love it. I thought that was fantastic. And it wasn't like the destruction of their relationship was the the, the focus of the rom-com or them getting together. Here we go, Sarah. <laughs> like, I mean, they, they disagree at times, sure, but the main conflict in most romantic comedies is exactly that. Mm-hmm. There is something, the love interest, they, ooh, they, they hate each other at first or they something happens with the love interest. In this story, Tim, like there's a little bit of like Tim figuring out how to use time travel to have redo the meet cute with Mary. They just have like a really nice, healthy relationship. And he has like a nice, healthy relationship with his dad and his mom's kind of cold, but they have a nice, healthy relationship. The conflict of the movie is just how like life is a struggle. And that's just like, even these people who can go back in time, life's still a struggle for everybody. And it's just finding the happiness in life is the premise of the movie. I love that. And I think you you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said this movie isn't necessarily like a rom-com about relationships. It's about life. Yeah. It is about life. And and um I liked that. Like I like that you said that cuz it is 100% exactly what it is. My honorable mention is the way that this movie is filmed. Like so the scenes in this movie are just so epically beautiful. Mm. Um and then my other honorable mention is Bill Nye's performance in this oh, movie. He's so good. Cuz he was like really really like he was so quirky in Love Actually. <laughs> there was like a different depth to him in this movie that I loved. And he, he was didn't, so good. He didn't need a whole lot of time to no. really have an impact, I found. Massive impact in, in the time that he had in this movie. Yeah. What should have been? I don't think I can say anything about this movie what would you change <laughs> i wouldn't change anything maybe like a less creepy kate moss exhibition <laughs> exhibition but like that's pretty yeah, much you it didn't like that eh? but no it, i didn't hate it though so like that's you know it's fine i wish we saw a fast forward at the end of the movie to a 40 something tim lake sitting with his now 20 something son oh and say <laughs> oh gosh i can't believe i'm about to tear up now wow Woo. This is an impromptu weep warning. It is. And him saying in the exact same lines that Bill Nye used. Oh, love it. Like, hey, it's time to tell you all about the family secret. And that's how the movie closes. But like, really, that's like, I don't even know if that would add to the movie because the movie, man, I wouldn't change anything with the movie. It's kind of perfect. Agreed. Okay. My rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, 4.25. Storyline, 4.5. Thirst Factor, 4.2. Imagination, 4.5. Soundtrack, 4. Cheese, 4.5 for an overall score of 4.33. My rewatchability is Chemistry, 4.9. Storyline, perfect 5 out of 5. Thirst Factor, 3 out of 5. Imagination, 4.8. Almost perfect on the imagination. Amazing. Soundtrack, 4.4. Cheese, 4.5 for an overall score of 4.43. Ooh, very close. This is, oh my God, this movie. 
there is just so much to love about this movie. It's like a really like sit down and you know watch it because like for example we did the killers last week yeah which by comparison is like a flick it on you'll be entertained <laughs> you don't really have to concentrate yeah. too much about it whereas this one is like grab some tissues be ready to cry it's gonna be emotional at times okay you're gonna be taken on a pretty wild journey there's gonna be endearing moments you're gonna fall in love you're gonna be heartbroken it's all gonna happen um and what an amazing finish. Yeah, I mean, breaking this down piece by piece, it's it doesn't equal a five. But like, really, this is definitely like top five, ten movies for me now. Like, it is five out of five. Like, yeah, completely. And this has been the rom-com rewind of about time. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, hit whatever bell icon is in front of you. Please leave reviews, actually, because more people will find us if you leave reviews and um, reach out to us on Instagram, TikTok at Rom-Com Rewind or email romcomrewind at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.